baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, so I'm not going to crap all over Thanksgiving. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. But what did Thanksgiving do to be so celebratory? Normally, our holidays have a reason. Like I said, Christmas, the birth of Christ, Hanukkah, the 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 victory of, of good over evil, um, Diwali, the festival of lights. What did Thanksgiving do, friends? Steve Simpson, I think, put it really a perfect way. He said it's about football and food. And honestly, what's more American than that? But there was no football when the Pilgrims and the Native Americans allegedly sat down in 1914 at the first Thanksgiving in Plymouth. And David, I don't know about you, but I am questioning a, wait a lot minute, wait a minute, of wait a minute. things. Nineteen fourteen, like they drove oh, no, their Model T to the first Thanksgiving no, 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 in nineteen fourteen. Sorry, fake news. WCCO, no, no. Jordana Green, sixteen twenty. I'm oh. so sorry. Was that, wait, hold on, sixteen twenty one. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong note. It was sixteen twenty one, where they celebrated a successful harvest with a three-day gathering that was attended by members of the Wampanoag tribe. I hope I haven't butchered that too badly. Thank you, David, for keeping me on track. <laughs> Don't want any fake news. That's it, okay? The, the Pilgrims, the Mayflower brought the Pilgrims to North America from Plymouth, England in 1620. They disembarked in what they called Plymouth, Mass., Massachusetts. They set up a colony probably colonized or murdered or moved out people that were already there because there were people there. And then in 1620, a year later, they had a successful harvest with the things that the Native Americans taught them to do, like plant corn and things like that. And, you know, how to, I guess, eat turkeys. I don't know if they had those in, uh, in England. And that's how we derive Thanksgiving. So I guess it was just a big feast and i guess that's what we do also but it has become like the second biggest holiday in america and i believe that all of these years later it's rightfully so because what do we do really well in america we eat we do really we we do that really well we (laughs) eat and we um watch violence and i know whatever you think about the nfl it's still violent people are knocking each other down and we cheer for the big hits And that's what Thanksgiving truly is. I hope you're going around the table telling your loved ones that you're thankful for them. But I guess I've really been thinking about this holiday. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what are we truly celebrating here? We're celebrating food and maybe colonization. Uh, David, I'm a downer today. You're totally a downer. Yeah. And I I think I'm going to disagree because, A, you know, I think we all have that, like, grade school view of the first Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where somebody in a pilgrim hat next to somebody in a Native American hat with a um, yeah. 
a feather coming out of it and a cornucopia of all these foods. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that's like sort of the mythology almost of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But really, I think that's a footnote. And I, I think we could instead think of Thanksgiving as maybe the most American holiday that has evolved over the years even the date has changed and presidents have made a proclamation and then made it a national holiday and now it's become the biggest holiday and what is it it's it's a harvest festival in a way that's why it's in the fall because you're Mm -hmm. celebrating the bounty of the harvest which is very american Mm -hmm. and it's about community it's about family it's the it's the day when you sit down with the family members that you've lost touch with for the last year so what's you know what's more american than that celebrating the the fruits of our labors and the 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 people around us, our, our loved ones around us, or food and violence, <laughs> or but we both agree on the food part. And yes, it has evolved into the being thankful for the people around us. But David, didn't we just discuss yesterday how it's hard to even have a conversation with people around us? You know, you have to take things off of the table, like politics or maybe the Israel-Hamas war, because people are just going to get angry and yell at each other. So maybe it should just be a celebration of food and football right now, because I do believe that people are not sitting around thinking about the uh, Native Americans that we moved or murdered off their land. The first Thanksgiving stemmed, oh, here you go. This is an opposing viewpoint here from an article that the first Thanksgiving stemmed from a massacre of the Pequot people in 1637. So not 1621, in 1637, culmination of the Pequot War. While it's true that the day of Thanksgiving was noted in the Massachusetts Bay and Plymouth colonies, you notice how we call them colonies, afterward, it's not accurate to say it was based for our, it is a basis for our modern Thanksgiving. Because we don't talk about the war. We don't talk about people who died so we could colonize America. If we did, I think feel that that would be a much more truthful <laughs> Thanksgiving. Uh, Jordan, our friend Lori from Lichfield is called in here to join the conversation. Good. We're talking Good. about the history and what is the real meaning of Thanksgiving. I'm a downer. Uh, I'm a downer. Lori, help mm-hmm. us out here. What, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? Yes. Well, I mean, I agree with you, Jordan, on some of the things about past history. But to me, Thanksgiving is a wonderful time because we give thanks to God. I mean, this is a time to gather with family, a time to gather in church, and just thank the Lord for all the blessings that he gives us. Rather than looking at some past things which can't be changed, let's look to the future and thank the Lord for what's to to come. Lori, that's beautiful, and I do appreciate you calling, so thank you. I I appreciate you. you. And I I get it. And, And I think that maybe is the lesson of Thanksgiving, that we can use it as what we want to be thankful for today. Uh, Just lately, I've been very much about truth in reporting and history of places where people are native from. I've been thinking about this, reading about this. Obviously, this all stems back to my view on the Israel-Hamas war. So we're looking back in history, who was where, when were people kicked out or moved in. And when I came across a piece in the New York Times, about Thanksgiving, I thought, oh, okay, so what are we truly celebrating today? And and today, like Lori said, yes, we are celebrating each other. We are celebrating, hopefully you're celebrating family. Hopefully you're celebrating being together and gratitude. You have food to eat. 
uh, hopefully plenty of it. I hope it wasn't too expensive. We live in a free country, thank God, still, for now. We live in a free country where we absolutely can practice uh, whatever we want to practice. And we are often taught, and this was another myth that I was reading about this morning, we were taught that the pilgrims came from Holland, by the way, because they were seeking religious freedom. But that's actually not true. Historians say the pilgrims had religious freedom in Holland, where they first arrived in the early 17th century, like those who settled in Jamestown in 1607. The pilgrims came to North America, historians say, to make money and also to spread the word. It wasn't about their religious freedom. They wanted to come and spread the word of their religion to people that didn't believe or or didn't know, did not hear the word in North America, in Massachusetts, where they landed. So it wasn't necessarily about coming here to flee persecution because they weren't persecuted. It was coming to share their religion. And by the way, historians say the pilgrims never really called themselves the pilgrims. That didn't surface till about 1880. So in my effort, and again, this is another historian. Do we really know what happened? Has it all been written down by somebody that was there? There was no video. There are no audio tapes to look back on. I just think the truth of what we are celebrating should also be discussed. You know, David, you brought up a good point. We were talking about this before the show. And David said that we at Odyssey have two new holidays Mm -hmm. that we are now getting days off for. Yeah, Yeah, paid holidays. Um, Paid holidays. Correct. We get like, I don't know, eight or 10 paid holidays. Like, for example, like Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving are paid holidays. So I'm working today, but I will like get another day off in exchange for that. Okay, things like Christmas, New Year's, what have you, Martin Luther King Day. So the two new ones, the new one we'll be celebrating and observing is Juneteenth. And what's the other one, David? It's uh, Veterans Day, which is in November. Yes. Yes. So those will be days here at Odyssey. And, you know, we're a private company. Mm -hmm. We are getting those days off. But we're only getting it off because we know about Juneteenth now. I was never taught about Juneteenth in school, and quite frankly, I'd never even heard of it until after the murder of George Floyd. I don't think I'm alone in that. But when you know the truth, you know more, you do better. I mean, Odyssey took action. They're giving us the day off for people to, um, is David, is the right word celebrate? Maybe honor? Yeah, celebrate, because it's about freedom. People yeah, finally yeah. were aware of their freedom, mm-hmm. even though it was a travesty that the war ended three years earlier. I mean, it's ridiculous. But uh, the Civil War I'm talking about. But um, so I think it's just really important to and maybe again, I'm a downer because we in America just want it to be about food and football. And and that's okay. I'm not really judging. But I was thinking with my kids and my kids are in New Jersey with their dad, that we should probably have a talk about what we are really celebrating. And I know I've like brought you guys all down because it's Thanksgiving and people are cooking their turkeys. But as I was reading more about Thanksgiving, I was fascinated about all of this. Like, for example, I'm going to share another one with you. Um, There was no evidence, according to this historian uh, that I'm reading, Lowen is his name, there that Native people were invited to the first Thanksgiving. And that's what we celebrate. Like in school, remember in school, you used to dress up as Native Americans and pilgrims and you used to have like a Thanksgiving play. We did that in New Jersey. Um, And they would sit down. 
Well, he says that possibly is the most common misconception, that the pilgrims extended the invitation to Native Americans for helping them reap the harvest. And he says there is no record of that. English written record does not mention an invitation. And Wampanoag, it's W-A-M-P-A-N-O-A-G. Wampanoag, I believe. Wampanoag. Wampanoag. Thank you. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. The Wampanoag oral tradition does not reach back uh, that far. Okay, so the we we do know there is evidence that the Native Americans helped the pilgrims, which is what we're calling them now, um, learn how to plant and what was good to plant and how to harvest and how it was gathered. So we do know that there was a relationship between the two of them. And you know what? It's nice to celebrate cross-cultural relationships. I just don't know that the image that we have of this idealistic and this fair and equitable pilgrims and Indians coming together is the way we should think about Thanksgiving. And football and food, I want you to enjoy your day, do your thing. But it's fun to have a little clarity. Well, it's interesting to have a little clarity about Thanksgiving as well. I'm sorry if I brought you down, David. No, quite all right. Can I still, uh, you know, eat and watch football later today or, or do I need to you know not what? do that? You can totally eat and all watch right. football. All you right. can fight with your relatives because <laughs> we have freedom in America. We have, uh, I, I, but I do think it would be a great idea if we incorporated into Thanksgiving because it is a national holiday some learning about the Native Americans and the truth about how we colonized their land and we gave them smallpox and plagues and wiped them out. I, I think that we can't it's, – it, it, it would be such a, a shame to not share the true origins of our country the way we're getting Juneteenth off to celebrate the, you know, the fact that um, – Black people were still enslaved for years after they were granted their freedom. And we have to know that harsh reality of our history. Um, By the way, there's no evidence that turkey was served either on the first day. And there was no pie. There was no butter or wheat uh, for crust. There was no oven for baking. So a lot of times there was no turkey. And David, you're actually staying true to that transition because, or tradition because you're making steaks tonight. Uh, right? Well, I don't think there was steak at the first Thanksgiving either, but <laughs> correct. I, I, we made a turkey uh, at an earlier celebration this week, and I'll be making a, a big steak today. There was probably venison because yes. the Native Americans knew how to hunt deer. Right. And deer are you know, obviously prevalent here, but also in the Northeast. So I'm sure there was uh, venison. And there may have been some birds like duck or uh, wild goose, that kind of thing. But who knows if there were turkeys. So didn't mean to bring you down. I just wanted to share that I have been thinking about the truth of the holiday today. So did a little research on that. Uh, David, speaking about truths, I'm going to give you a Thanksgiving quiz. Do you think you're ready? I'm totally ready. All right, let's, let's do it. We'll do a Thanksgiving quiz next. Jordana, you're a Debbie Downer today. Yeah. I know, I kind of am. I'm sorry. This is one day to be trying to be grateful for our blessings, the texter says. Hey, Jordan, I think of this as one day that year that most families gather uh, to share time and focus around the table on our blessings and each and be hopeful. And we should have 
give thanks for the blessings we've received. It can be a beautiful break in the bad news that we hear each day. Happy Thanksgiving to you and David. I, yes, thank you very much. Maybe just go to the casino. That might work. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, right? That'll support the Native Americans. Yeah. Jordana, wow. Thanks for throwing us this downer on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've just been thinking about the truth of Thanksgiving. Um, I know. Jordan, I'm 87 years old and went to school in the days when we could still talk about God in schools. It was then I was taught that the first Thanksgiving was held by pilgrims and Indians and Thanksgiving to God for a great harvest. And that's a beautiful sentiment. It really is a beautiful sentiment. And I see why we want it to be like that. I guess I just think truth is important. Um, but we can, it can be today. It can be Thanksgiving. Absolutely. But also, friends, I want you to remember that Thanksgiving could be any day that you feel grateful to be with each other, that you feel thankful to have your family around, that uh, someone sent me a text, Jordana, my name is Debbie. Knock off the Debbie Downer, please. I'm sorry, Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) I'll call it a Jordowner. There you go. I'm being a Jordowner. Always a Jordowner. Being a Jordowner. I know what. It's funny. I'm the positive one on this show. My God. Um, boy, but friends, I, it's been a hard few weeks for me, 46 days, and I've been thinking about truth and reporting and truth in history and truth in storytelling. And I understand, you know, that the first Thanksgiving was 1610, hundreds of years ago, and we don't really know the truth and we probably never will. But I think more, more truths are important. Even if that's just honoring the people that we took the land from, it would be uh, a good thing. Uh, David, I'm going to give you a Thanksgiving quiz. So people test your knowledge of the Thanksgiving quiz. I should have quizzed him on the best route to take into the studio this morning because David got caught up in traffic from all of those turkey trotters. I sure did. There's the closed down a bunch of roads downtown. I thought it was going to be an easy buzz into work and I was almost late. Oh, I'm seeing a couple people outside my window now uh, dressed up in onesies and stuff and or, or orange skirts, just kind of walking around. I may be taking a nice little walk before they gobble down their dinner. Uh, so, yeah, people are out there exercising. I'll do the same after the show, enjoying their, their morning. Okay, David, here hey, we go. Let's go. Which of these food items was certainly not on the menu at the meeting between the pilgrims and the members of the Wampanoag tribe? That is commemorated at the first Thanksgiving. Was it not seafood? Was it not yams? Was it not venison? Was it not wildfowl? So one of those things was not was not on the menu. Say it one more time. Seafood, yams, venison, or wildfowl? Uh, Yams, final answer. Correct. Historians say that the meal would have included venison and wildfowl. We just talked about that. I sort of gave it away. And Europeans and Native uh, Americans living at that time also regularly ate shellfish. Neither yams or sweet potatoes had been introduced into the New England region. Okay, so we wouldn't have had those. During which historic event did Thanksgiving become a recurring federal holiday? Was it the Constitutional Convention of 1787? Was it the Civil War? Was it World War I? Or was it the Great Depression? Boy, I, Which if memory did it become a federal holiday. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I believe that we've talked about this with our friend historian mm-hmm. Ken Davis, and if memory served correct, it was Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War that made it a national holiday. 
Though George Washington called for days of national Thanksgiving, it was Abraham Lincoln who gave us the annual holiday. Well done. We talked about this (coughs) a bit yesterday, too. In an October 1863 proclamation of the holiday, he wrote, quote, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as the day of Thanksgiving and praise for our beneficent father who dwelleth in the heavens. So I guess originally it was a a day of thanks for God. I I think that's more more of what we should remember instead of the pilgrims and Native Americans. I think we should remember that during during one of the darkest hours of our country, a civil war that almost tore our country apart. Our president paused and said, let's, in spite of all that, say thanks for what we have. I love that. You're right. I'm going to change it up in our house. All right. That's right. Well, no more colonization talk, even though that's the truth. Uh, hey, David, in 1939, mm-hmm. President F. Franklin D. Roosevelt made a change to Thanksgiving. What did he do? Uh, he changed Was, it from the last Thursday to the fourth Thursday after pressure from retailers because they wanted a longer holiday shopping season. Before 1939, Thanksgiving was held on the last Thursday of the month. In 1939, the holiday would have landed on November 30th. So Roosevelt moved it a week earlier, David, because you're right, to give retailers more shopping days between Thanksgiving and Christmas. This proved popular with critics labeling the holiday Franksgiving. <laughs> uh, the president changed course in 1941 and put the and put the holiday on the 4th Thursday of November. I guess he got flack for it, but somehow it got changed back and and here we are. The third Thanksgiving. You're at or excuse me, the third Thursday. Okay, David, next. Unattended cooking is a major cause of kitchen fires on Thanksgiving. So too are failed attempts to deep fry turkeys. Oh boy, the videos will be out. Uh, on a typical day, the National Fire Protection Association records 470 home cooking fires. How many were reported on Thanksgiving uh, in 2017? That's just a random number. But on a normal day, home cooking fires are 470 okay. uh, in, in the country. How many are on Thanksgiving? I would, Is it 800, okay. 1,000, 1,200, or 1,600? Oh. Well, I was going to say it's tenfold the normal, which none of these are that many. So I'm going to go with no. the highest number, 1,600. You're on fire. According to the National Fire Protection Association, there are more than three times as many cooking fires on Thanksgiving on a typical day. The next worst day, Christmas. Yeah, of course. Oh, the, the poor hams. Um, well done. I hope I'm not one of them. I'm not cooking so much today, but I hope I will not be no, one of those fires. When I cooked I'm the turkey earlier this week, I put it in the oven on three, 350 and left the house for two hours. Should I not have done that? Is that a no-no? You know, I mean... I'm sure the fire marshal would tell you not to do that. I'm sure they would not tell you to ever leave the oven on, right? Uh, haven't you seen those, you know, shows? Oh, did I leave the oven on? Uh, you're not supposed to leave the oven on. But it's it's t- it takes so long to cook. I know. I you have a life. Got to do stuff. I know. All right. Well. I'm not um, oh gosh, that. I have 
Wait, I have like tons more questions. We got to go. We were late. We're so, way late. I know. We're, we're super late. I'm so sorry. Yes. We'll do more. Coming up, we are going to speak. Or yes, we're going to talk about the the Israel-Hamas war. Elliot Chadoff, reserve major uh, in the IDF, is going to talk to us about this hostage release deal. That's all next. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There are currently... 10 American hostages that are in tunnels under Gaza that are not celebrating Thanksgiving with their family today. I think about them every day. I think about the people that have been taken hostage all day. I can't imagine what that terror is like, especially on a holiday like today. They probably don't even know what today is because they have been taken captive for 47 years days. There was supposed to be an agreement yesterday that released at least 50 hostages over four days with a temporary pause in fighting to get aid to Gazans, innocent Gazans, not Hamas, and also get the hostages safe passage. It didn't happen yesterday. I am hearing that it will happen by 8 p.m. tomorrow. To see what the very latest is, what is going on uh, with the Israel-Hamas war, and we should be very grateful for our freedoms that we have here in America today. Joining me on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline again on the show is Reserve Major in the IDF, Elliot Chadoff. Elliot, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Good to be back. Now, Elliot, last time we spoke, you were on active duty because you had been called up and you had just stepped out of the bomb shelter because you were being shelled to talk with us. Uh, now, yes. is it my understanding that you are on leave for a little bit, so home with your family? Yes, um, on leave uh, for an indefinite period, but probably about a week or two, and then I'll, okay. be, I'll be going back. So what can you tell us about the latest on this hostage possible negotiation or possible deal? Well, um, we agreed to it, and we set our conditions. Hamas, as usual, agreed to it and then changed their conditions. Um, so, which, which were what? Last, Do you know the de- the details of that? Well, one one of the mm-hmm. there, there were two key conditions as as far as we're concerned. One was that they present us with a list every day that the, the fifty are. are 50 hostages are supposed to be released from a list that we gave them. And I'll explain the, the reasoning behind this in a moment. Uh, they were, we were going to give them a list of 100 names, and they were going to choose 50, and then release them in groups of 12 and 13 per day over four days. Uh, our, our agreement to that was a ceasefire, and they'll also have to ceasefire. We'll see if they'll keep it. But another key part of it was that the Red Cross... The International Red Cross was to be permitted to uh, to visit the hostages who are not being released. So they reneged on that part of the deal. And apparently they couldn't come up with all of the names of the hostages that they were going to release. So that made it fall through for today. The most recent 
report is that they, Hamas and Qatar have said that it's on for tomorrow, but mm. the Israeli government hasn't confirmed that yet. Uh, How were the first 50 hostages chosen? Were they chosen by okay. Israel? They, the, the list of 100 was chosen by Israel of women and children. One of our conditions is that mothers and children would be released together. In other words, if they're holding a, a mother and children, they wouldn't release one of the family and not the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's critically important for us to have the names in advance to be able to verify them, because frankly, with very good reason, we don't believe that all of the hostages are still alive. We know that at least two uh that we know that we announced publicly. Let me put it that way: were murdered by Hamas after being taken in captivity. One of them in Shifa Hospital, and we're skeptical, to be mild about it, that the full list that we have of 240 uh, are all still alive. So we want to make sure in advance, a that when we're making an agreement for hostages, we're getting live hostages and not bodies. And two, we're double-checking and triple-checking to see if, in fact, they're holding anywhere near the number that we think they're holding uh, because it's Hamas and not beyond them to murder large numbers of hostages just because they can. So you want to, yes, make sure they're alive, but also make sure they haven't given them to other uh, terrorist groups. Is that it? You don't necessarily think Hamas still has all of the 240? Okay. So Hamas initially didn't have all the 240 because after their initial savage attack on Israel, a whole bunch of others came out of Gaza and grabbed hostages as well. Mm -hmm. Hamas encouraged it. They actually told people, if you grab a hostage and hand them over to us, we'll give you a a home and a reward and that sort of thing, which probably looked like a really good idea to them on October 7th. But by October 9th, it wasn't looking so good because many of the homes that Hamas was offering were already being blasted by our artillery and air force. So a lot of the people who took hostages essentially as, um, as mortgage cards for a home are now holding them and holding out somewhere, and, and Hamas probably has very little idea where they are. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. they created this, this utter chaos situation, and they want to try to show that they're in control of it. And it's, it's not clear that they are. So the families that are waiting for some of these hostages, what, is there yes. any solace for them? I mean, does the Israeli government, I mean, do, uh, the Israeli citizens, do they think that this is really going to happen? Or is this just a, another tactic for Hamas to, to um, you know, stave off any kind of resolution? It's certainly a tactic on, on, on Hamas's part. They, every day of a ceasefire works to their benefit. And of course, it's psychological warfare. Israel, uh, you know, we can divide it into maybe two or three circles of, of proximity to the hostages. But in, in other words, primary families and then, you know, friends and associates and then the rest of the country. But the fact is those rings are very, very tight, close to one another. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think every Israeli takes the the hostage situation personally. Even if, if you don't personally know somebody who is a hostage, we all know somebody who's related to a hostage. 
mm-hmm. the entire country. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're talking about a very small country to begin with. Yes. So we all want to, we, everybody wants to see them home, and everybody wants to see them home quickly and in, in, in good shape. On the other hand, we know we're dealing with Hamas, and Hamas is perfectly capable of playing all sorts of sadistic games in order to gain a, a little bit of an edge and, and, and psychological warfare on Israel. They've done it before, and after what they did on the 7th, uh, their, their savage orgy of murder and rape and, and uh, you know, baby killing and kidnapping, Nothing is beyond them. Mm-hmm. So, Elliot, let, let's pivot yeah. a little bit to the Al Shifa Hospital. We are hearing okay. lots of reports, of course, that the IDF is now, uh, you know, the, and I've seen the videos of the videos of yeah. terror tunnels underneath mm-hmm. Al Shifa Hospital. Of course, yeah. the world is, you know, yelling, show us proof. We don't believe that, you know, Hamas was using it as a base. People are saying Israel is being unfair by, uh, you know, going out. Israel has not bombed the hospital, but they bombed areas around the hospital. And, you know, again, it is against international law to use a hospital as a military base. Um, I, again, war a, a war crime. Thank you for that clarification. I appreciate that. Um I have seen the terror tunnels. It is enough evidence for me, of course. Is this enough evidence for the rest of the world to finally understand that Hamas uses a hospital as a military base? I think we have to be honest. For a certain part of the rest of the world, no evidence whatsoever, including eyewitness testimony, uh, would be enough for them because they simply don't want to side with Israel on anything. Remember that that there are, are parts of the world that deny that, that what happened on, on the 7th happened. There are parts of the world that claim that if the Israeli military did it as a false flag operation, as an excuse to, to attack Gaza. And th- there's a point of absurdity where you just have to roll your eyes and say, you know what, I can't reason with you. So mm-hmm. I think that reasonable people can already see that, as you said, not only terror tunnels, terror net complex networks of tunnels with uh, you know, bathrooms down there. The, the, these aren't, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important to understand, these aren't tunnels that are like corridors to lead from one place to another. These were tunnels of installations, of rooms where they stayed. We found evidence that hostages had been kept there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found, we, we got, we have the security camera footage from Al-Shifa Hospital, from the 7th, showing Hamas bringing hostages into the hospital. I mean, it, it, these are things that are so incontrovertible that it's, it's hard to believe that anybody doesn't believe them. But, of course, we're dealing with the world as, as we know it. Yes. Piles of weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. the, a BBC commentator said, well, well maybe the pile of AK, AK-47s was really for the use of the security of the hospital. You know what? I've been in hospitals a couple of times. I've never seen people walking around with assault rifles as part of security. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with a reserve major in the IDF, yeah, Elliot Chadoff. Elliot is currently in Israel. Uh, he's been serving. Uh, he's been called up, of course, to defend Israel and uh, currently on leave, hopefully for a few weeks. Um, Elliot, tell us how you are and and what the people of America and our listeners should know about this war that maybe we don't know, or about Israelis, or, or about you? Um, 
we're all very stressed. First, first of all, what happened is, is on, on the seventh, the trauma that's going to take a long time for this country to get over. And when I say this country, I mean all of us. We we all sit and shake our heads and try to get over it and get past it. But but that's that's difficult. Uh, there's a war going on that in a country of some 10 million people, we currently have about one half of a million, 500,000 people in uniform. And that also means everybody's in uh, either directly or their families. I live in a very small community. About a third of the men of my community are in uniform right now. Mm. That's on, on that level. I live up north, in other words, on the other side of the country from Gaza. So I don't hear, when I was serving in, in the Gaza area, I heard the fighting. It was, it was part of, I was next to it. Saw the, saw the fire. Uh, I was stationed in a base that had a couple of artillery batteries next to it. 24-hour, 24-7 artillery fire going over our heads. We lived it. So here I'm in the north, and I hear our artillery fire and the rockets exchange from Lebanon with Hezbollah. There's, a, there's no part of this country that isn't in the war in one way or another. Mm. So all I, of this weighs, weighs heavily. Um, I'm, mm. I'm a multi-decade military veteran, so how can I put this? Our artillery doesn't shock me as much that, as it does my wife, but it's not the most pleasant sound to hear in the background. Yes. Um, I think... W- in America, we don't understand that Israel also has been under fire from Hezbollah and the rockets have not stopped from Gaza Correct. either. And I, I understand Israel has Iron Dome, but still some of the rockets fall and the people of Israel are constantly under attack. So when when we in America here calls for ceasefire, it would be nice if the ceasefire <laughs> included both sides. And I hope that's part of the deal uh, that does get yes. done. Are, are, and before we leave you, Elliot, are, are you confident that the deal will get done and that we will see some hostages by eight o'clock Israeli time tomorrow? Um, I'm not confident. I I hope it does. And I I hope that the four day deal ceasefire is also ended on the four days. I I would hate to see Hamas uh, drag this out for a couple of weeks and, and, and be able to save itself. I think that um, as a, Yes, I would, I would love to see this deal work, but I also know Hamas. I have many, many, many years of Hamas under my belt in the military, and they've never kept a ceasefire. So if they do keep this one, it will be a record setter. Reserve Major IDF uh, Elliot Chadoff, we want to thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time uh, to speak with I, us I, and educate us today. Yeah, I hope you'll come back again, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, Elliot. Appreciate you. Let's take a quick break. We'll react to that when we return. Only 30 seconds left in this hour of the Thanksgiving show on Adam and Jordana. It's just me and David because Adam is uh, off as he should be and enjoying it. We got quick takes coming up. What's coming up, my friend? We sure do. A triple header in the NFL and where to do your last minute holiday grocery shopping. I may need to. It's all next after the news. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 